I said, oh, I won $50. So I was going to cash it out. I went to go cash it, got the 50, and she's looking at me like I'm supposed to give it to her or as if, like, you Did know, I get some too. Basically, um, either we can split that or it's mine. This is the plaintiff, Christina Smith. She says she and the defendant have been friends since high school, and she borrowed $1 from her to buy a lottery ticket. And when she won 50 bucks, the defendant snatched it out of her hand and stole it. The defendant wanted to split the winnings with her. She refused, and so here they are. She's suing for $50, the amount of the winning lottery ticket. This is the defendant, Natasha Wright. She says she and the plaintiff scratched off lottery tickets a lot together. And when the plaintiff hit a $50 winner with the dollar she gave her, naturally, they were going to split it. The plaintiff, however, tried to take it. She got it back, and since it was her dollar that hit, she's keeping the money. She's accused of scratching a longtime friend the wrong way. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The, the Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Ms. Smith, you are suing your high school best friend, Ms. Wright, for $50 in lottery winnings that you feel are rightfully yours. Tell me what happened. All right, we met up in the, well, we didn't really meet up. I was in the store and she so happened to be there. So we okay. ended up talking a little bit. Now, are you still in high school? You passed high school? How old are you guys? No, we graduated already. Okay, how long ago did you graduate? Um, 2018. Okay, so are you still close friends or you've kind of gone your own ways and you haven't seen each other? Yeah, everyone graduated. Everyone just basically went their own ways. Okay, so you see her, you strike up a conversation and what happens? I was buying things, but I only had my card on me. Then I asked her for a dollar because I wanted to buy one of the little dollar scratch-offs. So I ended up buying one. She gave me the dollar. She gave you the dollar, then you bought the ticket and then what happened? Scratch-off. I was, we still were talking. I was scratching it off right there as we were still talking. And then I said... Oh, I won $50. So I was going to cash it out. I went to go cash it, got the 50, and she's looking at me like I'm supposed to give it to her or as if, like, Did you know, she I get some too. Basically, um, either we can split that or it's mine. And then you said? Um, neither, because I asked you for the dollar, and I bought the scratch off. If I won $2, she wouldn't worry about it, probably. Right. But I still happened to win 50. So, you know. Okay. A little more money now. Everyone wants so a little piece. what ends up happening? She snatches it out of your hand? Yes, because we were arguing about it at first, and she ended up snatching it out of my hand. But I didn't want to fight because we're in the store, so I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Keep it. Keep it all. And then so you I'm filed like, a small claims case against her? <laughs> mm-hmm. I surely right. did because she needs to understand my point of view. Okay. Now, Ms. Wright, let me hear your point of view. I believe that the... And regardless, we used to do this when we were young, when we were friends, we would buy scratch-offs together and split the money. But now because she won $50, she doesn't want to split it. And I felt like it was a rude gesture of her to pull out her wallet and accept it herself. Well, can I ask you, did, so, um, what was it you used to do when you were friends in high school? What do you mean we used to split it? Um, 
Yeah, majority of the time I would purchase the ticket and we would still split the earnings if we won. But now, you know, we just ran into each other. We were talking. I figured that we would split it still. And she was already taking out her wallet, putting it in hers. So I assumed like she was being a little rude, snatched it back. And then we kind of had the dispute from there on. So you snatched the 50. And then have you two talked to each other since then? Have you like communicated? No, nah, I mean, I only talked to her after like you could keep it. So and, and then you haven't talked since then? No. Even when you were coming to the people's court, you didn't talk to each other? And, well, go ahead. We had a, a falling out before this in high school, but we, when we like split parts, um, we just haven't stood really in close contact, just high and by. Okay. Um, so, Ms. Wright, let me ask you a question. Why do you feel like you're entitled to the $50? Because I purchased it with my but What order. was it that she said to you before you handed her a dollar? She said, can I have um, can I have a dollar to um, buy a scratch off? So I purchased it with my money. And I'm sorry, who purchased the ticket? Did she purchase it or did you purchase it? No, I bought it for her. No, I did you give I mean, her a dollar and split. she went to the counter or you went to the counter and bought her a scratch off? Which is it? No, it was included in my in what I was purchasing already. So she said, buy me a scratch off and you went ahead right. and included it in your purchase. Right. So according to you, what were your exact words? Ms. Smith. And I borrowed a dollar so I can, you could give me the scratch off. And then the guy handed me the scratch off as she was purchasing her items. Okay, did she say yes? Did she say, what did she say? Did she say yes? Yeah, she said yes, like, sure. Okay, I got you. Was there ever a point in time when you said to Ms. Smith, yes, but just like high school three years ago, if you if you win, we'll split it? No, I did not, but okay, we but, sat there together but it was like so we normally rude. would. I know. I, I understand your feeling that it was kind of rude because there you are. But by the same token, I kind of hear what she's saying legally. Ms. Smith, when you were in high school, did you guys split the winnings? Yeah, if we win like $10, I'll get five and five. So and why are you so rude? You know, Here she, she bought you the ticket, you win. Why wouldn't it be the perfect thing to do? Do you guys have so many friends that you don't care about each other? Because the perfect thing to do is okay. to say, what are you doing now? Let's take this 50 bucks and go buy ourselves a great dinner. You know, that's the thing to do with it. Why would you think yeah, shoving but- it in your wallet is right? And why would you think snatching it out of her hand is right? There because are, you know, there's old friends, no there are new friends, but the old friends are like something really special, you know? Yeah. Look at it you is, two. I mean, like, yeah, you know, hopefully after this, we will rekindle our relationship. So I just Ooh. want her to see my no, point No, there's nothing that rekindles a relationship like litigation. <laughs> good lawsuit. Always brings it back <laughs> a together. A good lawsuit just, mm, it just <laughs> brings back all those good feelings from high school. Did you, you mentioned a falling out in high school. Did you ever repair the falling out you talked about? We did. All right. We so did. this is kind of sad. Uh, yeah. We spoke after that and we like, you know, we already had gone to relationships. We just split ways and we still only spoke when we seen each other. So okay. after this, um, it kind of tore us apart. Yep. All right. Here's We're what's going to happen. Ms. Wright, I, I am finding in favor of Ms. Smith. Um, because for me, it's just a legal analysis where I'm supposed to figure out if this was something that she had agreed to split with you or not. She never agreed to split it with you. She asked you to give her a dollar and buy her a scratch off. And that's buying her a scratch off, not buying you a scratch off, not buying both of you a scratch off. That's buying her a scratch off. So that's legally correct. 
Okay, Ms. Smith, I got to talk to you about what's morally correct. If it's true that uh, you guys used to split it all the time, it just I can understand Mm -hmm. why Ms. Wright was kind of hurt. It felt like you were just kind of moving on. Um, can, you know, I don't, Thank I don't you, Judge. but I, you know, like, I kind of feel like you owe Ms. Wright, um, I could give her a dollar out of the scratch. Oh, give her that's a really back. big of you, but it's really <laughs> an all or nothing kind of thing. Cause you didn't ask to borrow a dollar. You asked her, Hey, give me a dollar and buy me a scratch off. And she was doing that. If you'd have lost, she wouldn't have said you owe me a dollar. So it's not, it's an all or nothing. It, but just like it's all or nothing legal, it's all or nothing moral, too. You really feel good about just taking these $50 and not splitting it with her? For me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I mean, I looked at it like, all right, she did me a favor. You won. I I'm I ruling in your favor in the amount of $50. However, Miss Smith, don't you think that you should take her out to dinner or lunch or yeah, something? Yeah, I will. Or I don't know if you're old enough to drink drinks with that $50. Don't you think that that's a better spending of 50? Think about it. The $50 you want at the people's court. What is the best thing? What is the best story you can tell your grandkids that you two went out and patched your ways? My verdict is for the plaintiff in the amount of $50. Go patch your ways. Thank you. Thank you. So the plaintiff wins the 50 bucks. Let's see uh, how the litigants feel about it. Ms. Wright, are you upset about that? I mean, how do you feel? We're obviously surprised you got sued. I'm, ups- I'm upset. I was very surprised when I got sued for it. Um, you know, I believe that I was right still, but I'll just take the f- whatever the judge says. Can you still be friends with her? How about that? I could still be friends with her. I can see us becoming friends again, but... Right now, I'm a, I'm a little upset that I lost this case. Okay. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> not at all. All right, Ms. Smith, it's up to you. You heard the judge. She thinks you ought to invite uh, Ms. Wright out to lunch or some dinner or something. What do you, what do you think you're going to do? I, I totally agree with her. Run? No, I'm not going to keep the money no more. She's absolutely right. Now we're gonna. I'm going to take her out to dinner. <laughs> Good for you. All right. Well, hope it hope it patches things up. Maybe Ms. Wright will be happy with that. All right, Ms. Smith, good luck to you. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's a happy ending for that. Unusual, but that's cool. Harvey, how about that? Doug, we see it so much that somebody gives somebody something and they figure, oh, well, it's just a dollar, and then find out that, well, uh, somebody just won big on the lottery, and all of a sudden they get greedy. Well, in a situation like this, if you give somebody the money, You really got to prove, especially if it's a dollar that doesn't feel like a loan. So make it clear if you're doing something like this, think about it as if you're going to win. So send a text or a follow up if you really think the person is just buying the ticket for you. Are you glad you waited till you were older to get married and have children? I got married and had my first child at 19. I always wondered how different life would be if I had waited until I was older to have children. Well, um, you know, when you look back, you can't regret anything you've done, right? Because you're happy with the life that you have. But I I have always counseled my children to wait to get married. I just think you're a different person at 20 than you are um, 
No question. You know, later. I was, what, 36 years old when I had my first mm-hmm. child or something? We were 30, yeah, when we had our first child. But there's drawbacks to that, too, you know. We're sitting around here dying for grandkids, and our kids are like, oh, no. Remember when you said that, you know. And you had the oldest parents in the school. And we're the right. oldest parents in the school. <laughs> I remember my youngest was mortified. How old are you? Right. You're so old. Everybody else's mom is so young. So do you ever have any regrets about maybe not having a fourth child? Yes. I do. All the time. Ugh. Three wasn't enough. No. <laughs> I would have, and I would have been a fourth girl and I would have been delighted. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I do, I do think about that. that um, I wonder something. Yeah. That's the first time we have said that to each other. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the plaintiff. Eva Maisie as Liz. She says she hired the defendant to put a new asphalt driveway in. And when he was done, the entire thing was wavy and crumbling. The defendant refuses to honor his warranty of good work, and she's here suing him for the $2,700 she paid because she has to have it completely redone. This is the defendant, Jeff Brinster. He says he's willing and able to fix the plaintiff's driveway, but the woman had absolutely no patience during the pandemic. He has no idea why she decided to file this lawsuit. He doesn't think she has a case and is looking forward to the judge ruling in his favor. He's accused of pavement problems. All parties, please raise your right hands. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Thank you, Douglas. Okay, Ms. Miziars Lease, you are suing Progressive Construction, represented here by Mr. Brinster, for a full refund of two thousand seven hundred dollars that you paid him. And according to you, he did a terrible job. Talk to me. That's correct. Uh, we were in need for a new asphalt driveway, so we called uh, Mr. Brinster and Progressive Construction on August tenth to give us an estimate, and um, we hired him on the spot. He started the work. On How did you the find 17th. him? Through a friend. Okay. Through word, of, through word of mouth. All right. And when he came on the very next week, before he came, we, pay, we talked and spoke, and he said he wanted payment. No problem. He needs to buy the material. We paid him in cash, and he started digging up the driveway. On that day, when I came to check, he was actually leaving with his crew, and as I was looking at the driveway, I noticed already immediately that it was wavy, it was crumbling in parts. It wasn't even. I didn't know. And you if had already paid him that. in full? I had already paid him in Why? full. And. Because he know, asked you to? Because on, one, he asked me to. And I feel that I didn't, I didn't feel that he did anything to. Yeah, but no, that's a, it doesn't matter. Not that's not, look, the customary thing is to wait and see that you got what you paid for before you finish paying for it. Yes, it's customary to get a deposit because he doesn't want to end up doing the work and then you don't pay him. But it is not customary to pay him full before a job is done. What if the job is done miserably? We have a name for people who do what you do. We call them plaintiffs, you know? Yeah. 
So according to you, the job was awful. You have some pictures that you've introduced into evidence. Let's take a look at the pictures. What am I looking at here? Uh, he put new asphalt, and when you open the gate, it just completely crumbled and comes up. What am I looking at here? Just unevenness where the top of the asphalt is crumbling from day one. There you can see also crumbling and unevenness. It rained the following week. The water's pooling in certain areas. This is the same day it was done because the, the cones are still there. Okay, so go on. What do you do? Uh, on the day that he finishes it, you look at it and you say what and I do say what? this is, I'm not an expert, but I know this is not correct. And I called him and he said, I cannot come back today. I have another job. I said, okay, no problem. If you can come back tomorrow, take a look at it, see what we so can remedy. So what's that? The day you reach out fresh. to him is what date? Uh, August 31st, the day that it was completed. Okay. That same day. And then what and happened? ever since then... No response, no call, never showed up. And I just start texting him, sending him those same photos. Um, and I have all the text messages with promises of come, I'll come back tomorrow. Okay, I'll let's, come back next Mr. Week. Brinser, let me hear from you. What's uh, your response to this stuff? Um, well, the, the day we paved the driveway, when I left, it didn't look like that. What I think happened there is sometimes when the asphalt sits in the silo for too long, it sometimes gets cold. And by the time you get it to the job and try to roll it, it doesn't roll properly. And that's what I think happened in this case. Well, uh, do you know whether so, it rolled properly I know or I didn't roll there, properly because you're the one who put the yeah, asphalt down. So, so did it I roll properly or didn't it roll properly? Which Not is really, it? no. So then no, why did you leave the job and say it was complete if you could see that you had bad asphalt? When I, when I left the job, it didn't look anything like it looks now. I don't know how that can be. That's, I mean, that's from that's from like either way, know, it doesn't matter because you have a two year warranty. So you're supposed to fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How would you fix it if you had shown up? How would you have fixed if it? If I had to fix it, it could either get resurfaced or it would have to be ripped out and replaced. Right. So that's probably not something you were looking forward to. So um, she says she tried to reach out to you and that you kept making appointments and not, just never showing up. What say you to that? I did. Uh, she did reach out to me and I planned on going back. I got very busy in the fall and then I had a hard time getting people to work because of uh, everything that was going on with the virus. And I planned on going back there eventually, but I didn't make it back right away. And then in the springtime, I got the paperwork in the mail that she was suing me. Oh, I see. So when you said she was <laughs> I mean, impatient, you meant she waited a season. Well, I did it, I think, at the end of the summer. And so two seasons, yeah, no less, less than eight months, seven months. Yeah. Right. How patient months. do you think she has to be while you're busy taking other people's money and doing new jobs? I plan on fixing it, but. Your like plans said, are of no moment. You're, I don't I care. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's not that you got busy. It's that you chose to do other things rather than stand by your work. I did. I had other It's not her getting work. impatient. It's <laughs> you not standing behind your work. Why is that funny? I don't think it's funny, no. Well, you were laughing, so I thought maybe you did. If I look at her texts, let's look at them. First of all, it's August 28th when you tell him, not August 31st, where you send him photos of the poor job he did. And then... Did you get the pics September 1st? I will come tomorrow and fix it. Okay, thank you. And then you wait two days. Please let me know if you can come today or tomorrow so we can get this resolved. Good morning. Will you be coming today to fix the driveway? Please return my calls and let me know when you are coming. September 9th. I'll try and come by tomorrow, the next day. 
blows you off again. Then you say, yes, please come ASAP. I want to get this resolved before it gets worse. Saturday, I thought you were coming yesterday. Can you come today? Good morning. Monday, good morning. Are you coming to fix the driveway today? She couldn't be nicer. I'll get over there this week. I need to know what day you can. Are you kidding me? $2,700 verdict for the plaintiff. Pay the lady. Thank you, Your Honor. Well, you heard the judge. The plaintiff has prevailed. She's going to get the full $2,700 back now from the defendant. Mr. Minster, let me ask you, what are you thinking about the judge's decision? I agree with the judge's decision. Were you surprised that she, she went to the uh, the effort to sue you for the money? Uh, I can't. You know, listen, I, I did the job in the fall or the late, late summer, early fall. And uh, I just got so busy with other work that I never made it back there. So. All right, uh, Ms. Eva, let me ask you how you feel about the judge's decision. You've got to be relieved at this point, I think, right? Yes, I am. I'm very relieved. I thought it was a very fair decision. Uh, what was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, that made you file a lawsuit against him? I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I don't have the time and effort to chase after somebody for months at a time. Well, it was certainly worth your while. You're going to get $2,700 back. So congratulations. Good for you. Thank you very much. Thank you. There's a case of uh, a woman who just ran out of patience. She did the right thing, didn't she, Harvey? Well, she did indeed do the right thing, Doug, because in a situation like this, especially because she had a warranty, she has every right to get this thing fixed and fixed within a reasonable time. And even though there was a pandemic at a point, uh, the delay becomes unreasonable. Did you have a curfew growing up? Did your daughters have a curfew? Did I have a curfew? I had a curfew in college. Wait a minute, let me just digest that for a second. You were in college. And had a curfew. I was living at home. I went to the University of Miami. It's the only school I was allowed to apply to because I was a first-generation Cuban. I had been chaperoned until I was a senior in high school. Are you an adult in college? I had a one o'clock curfew in college. Of course, you were a little younger than the rest of the kids when you started. I was 17, but still, come on, a one o'clock curfew curfew in college? Right. Well, you know, I mean, and, I, it, and by the way, I still had it when I was 19. So let's not get anything confused here. I still had that one o'clock wow. curfew. And, uh, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. When you went to dances like in high school <laughs> and if the kids got a little too close when they were dancing, what would happen? <laughs> well, my mother never did this, but some other people's mothers uh, would get up, separate the two and say, make room for Jesus. Really? <laughs> That's funny because my public school, we never had that sort of thing. <laughs> it was a little more reckless, let's just say. Uh, you know, in our own home, um, we never, I'm not sure we had a formal curfew for the kids. I guess. As, what do you mean? That's because you're the fun guy and I'm the disciplinarian. Of course, we had a, a, a curfew for the children. Don't please. be silly. Yeah, but it was flexible. And, well, we, no, and I, we have we have something that our parents didn't have, which is this low jack that's on your kids. That right. You find my iPhone cell phone, gadget. Right. So you always know where they are. Okay. Let me just be clear. Our children's curfew was not flexible. Okay. okay. They just have cell phones, which we didn't. So they were able to call and explain, and I could always see where they were. Mm-hmm. That, that's the low jack. Well, they and, would call me and ask for more time. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Right. If I was asleep, right. you would give them more time. Right. Right. <laughs> but they turned out okay. They turned out okay. These are the plaintiffs, Brenda and Franklin Miller. Brenda says they hired the defendant to do some work around their house. And when the guy walked by their Lincoln MKS, his tool belt swiped the car, damaging it. The guy refuses to pay for his dirty deed. And they're suing him for the $545.90 they're owed. 
This is the defendant, Bobby. He says he can't believe the plaintiffs are trying to pin the blame on him for some scratches they discovered on their car. He categorically denies brushing into their car with his plastic tool belt. And he can't believe the plaintiffs would stoop this low. And he refuses to be taken advantage of. He's accused of getting too close. All parties, please raise your right hands. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Douglas, I get the impression that you're happy to see me. Are you kidding me? I know. I've been waiting for so long. Every time you hand me this, it's It's nice and slow. I'm taking my time. Right. It's like a fine wine. And not like you're pretending to hand it to me (laughs) and I'm back in Miami. It's good to see you too, my friend. Good to have you back. Ms. Miller and Mr. Miller, you are suing Mr. Bobby's company for $545.90 because, according to you, he damaged your car. Tell me what happened. Uh, Who wants to talk? I guess Franklin Miller should talk to me. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, It was just about the hottest day of the season, and and, uh, they were, I was observing their work, and they were getting pretty hot, and uh, Bobby looked like he was about to pass out. What was Bobby and doing at your house? What kind of work were they doing there? They were uh, building a, a new canopy for my wife. Awnings? Yes. Okay. What do you mean for your wife? You were going to stay in the sun? You weren't going to be under the shade? <laughs> I was in the garage where it was cool. No, I meant the awnings not just for your wife. All right. So, um Caesar weren't that hired him. Okay. So, now you're in the garage and what is it you're doing in the garage? I was working on uh uh restoring a car I had I had to restore. And uh I came outside every now and then to observe what they were doing and uh uh he came by me. He had never been in my garage for anything and he came by me. He didn't ask permission to come by anything. He just walked right by me, and, and uh, I try. I turned around to see what he was doing, and I had the shop fan going, and he went to the fan blowing, and, and instead of going completely around the car, he leaned toward the car, and he had on a tube belt with a lot of tools in it, and I heard it bump, and I, I still looked to see what he was doing, and he was trying to get to the fan to cool off. Okay. So I assume you brought to his attention immediately that he just yeah. hit no, your car? No, I didn't bring it to his attention immediately because it looked like he was about to pass out when he came back out. And I said, well, I'll just let him, you know, finish working. Wait, what? So did you, you walk know, over to I the s- car and see, look to see what he damaged? Because you say you heard him damage yeah, it. Yeah, yes, yes, I did. And then you saw that he damaged it? So then you saw I right saw then and there that he damaged it. And you never mentioned it to him until two days later? Well, he left before I could uh, get back to him. Uh, what did he do, run away after already. getting cooled off by the fan? When he went back outside, I went back inside and I, I, I saw the damage. And I said, I know he didn't do that, but I heard it and I was looking at him. Instead of going all the way around the car, he, I guess he was trying to get to the fan. As Mr. Soon as Miller, did you ever tell Mr. Bobby anything that day? I didn't say anything to him because he left before I got a chance to get back to him. I don't understand. I you said he went back, you went in the garage and he went back out to work. Why didn't you just walk back yeah. after him and say, you just hit my car? 
because he he looked like he was about to pass out, so I didn't bother him. Did he look like he was about to pass out when he was walking back outside to work on the awning? He was still staggering. He was still walk, walking. Like and yet he, he continued to work to on out. the awning. I don't know if he worked or not, because when he came out, I went back in to observe the damage, and I went back outside, and he was still still out there with his head down and huffing and puffing. So, so did you call I said, fire well, I'll rescue? I said, until he get through. I beg your pardon. Did you call fire rescue for you know call 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 the police or nine one one to come and help the guy who's about to? He's so sick that you can't tell him, "Hey, you just hit my car." I didn't say he was sick. Huffing I and said puffing. He was he was huffing and puffing like you know he was still overheated. So I didn't bother him. So you just went about your back into the garage to work on your, the car you were working on. You said nothing. He left before I could. How much later did he leave? About an hour or so. Probably. So in that whole hour, you could not say to him while he's working on the awning, hey, did you just hit my car? Because I just noticed some damage. I was waiting until they they got through cleaning up their mess. Okay. Well, you did know, you ever I tell Mrs. Anything. Miller anything? Yes. Mrs. Miller, when did he tell you something? Well, uh, that following Tuesday... When he backed the car out, he said, come, let me show you something. How many days later is the following Tuesday? Okay, that was on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And in all that time, your husband didn't tell you Bobby hit the car? No, not until he backed it out to wash it that uh, following Tuesday. But he says, according to him, he saw the damage on the Friday. But he didn't tell me. And then all of a sudden he tells you on the Tuesday when he backs it out. Yes. And, but why and did he hide it? it from, why do you suppose he would hide it from you Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday? I don't know why you didn't. Why you didn't tell me? Because I was working myself. I was trying to finish a job I had to do. Did you eat dinner, breakfast, lunch? Did you go inside to use the facilities? Did you ever speak to your wife on Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday? Yes. Yes. And yet the subject of damage to the car never came up. Well, we don't eat dinner at the same time. Oh, my Lord. All right. Mr. Bobby, I'm handing the floor to you. Did anybody ever tell you, hey, you just hit my car? No, ma'am. Did you? No, ma'am. Okay. When was the first time anybody accuses you of having damaged the car? It seems as if when I went back to get the check for the balance and uh, Ms. Miller, along with Mr. Miller, said, uh, I want to show you something and... She said, look at that damage on the fender area. And I said, "Uh, yes. She said, well, you did that. I said, no, I didn't do that. That scratch on the car had to be done by something more than just a brush over or a leather tool belt, if you will. How tall are you, sir? correct in saying. How tall are you? I am 5'11". Where is your waist in that 511? Because the damage to the car is down by the tire. Is that where your waist belt from your tool belt would be? No, no, my waist would be at the top of the hood area. So the first time anybody says anything to you about it is when it's time to pay you or had they already paid you? They paid me on underneath the deck on the back porch. And uh, Ms. Miller said, come here. I want you to look at something, Bobby. 
And I no, did. Bobby, that's not and of course. Judge, that's not the way hold it on. went. Can you hold on one second and not interrupt? Let him finish. Go ahead, Mr. Bobby. As I recall, that's what was said. They paid me and she deducted. She told me that she deducted some for we had to do some welding there and they had a canvas top on a swing that had to be replaced. And she deducted that and from the splatter. And uh, as much as we tried to watch that, it does happen. And I certainly understood that. And then, as I recall, she gave me the check, and she said, I want to show you something. And we walked out to the back, and that's when she pointed out the damage to the car. And she said, Lord, I don't even remember exactly what she said, but she said, uh, I mean, look, that's more than one little spot on the car that if someone like myself had brushed up against it with a tool belt, it wouldn't have been multiple positions of damage on the car i know a little bit about body work i didn't i didn't damage the car i don't have anything in front of me i didn't make any notes i didn't bring a tool belt a leather tool belt i didn't damage her car mr miller you know a little bit about cars i know a little bit i know a lot about cars yeah and i know a little bit from having spent 27 years on the bench listening to um, cases that involve car accidents. How do you figure that this damage is something a tool, but we'll talk in a moment about how long it took you to say anything, but how do you <laughs> figure that this damage could possibly happen from a tool belt? Look at the height of where it is. Does he wear the tool belts around his calves? No, he had it hanging like a gunslinger way down Even low. Even if it's a gunslinger way pocket. down low, that is where the tire is. It would have to be like by his calves. How, how, you know, how, how low can he go? Tell me how it is <laughs> that he damages your car because this had to make a really loud noise as this happened. Okay. This is scraping the paint off the car, right? Because the paint's scraped right, right off the it car. Made enough, it made enough noise for me to... To go right, uh, right around and look at it right at that second. Right. But not enough for you to say, hey, Bobby, you hit my car. Not enough for that. Right. Not enough for that. I'm trying to imagine. Okay, I hit your car with my belt. You walk around and you see it and then you stay quiet for four days. You don't tell your spouse. You don't tell me. I'm there another hour, but you say nothing to anybody. I got an idea. I think what happened is on Tuesday, you notice the damage or Monday or whatever day you pulled the car out. She said it was Tuesday. You notice the damage. You're like, that must have been that Mr. Bobby guy because he got water out of there and fanned him, got himself a little air with the fan. That must have been him because he was walking by there. It's complete supposition on your part, because if you had actually heard or saw him create that damage, you would have said something that day. Don't tell me you didn't say anything to him because, oh, he was huffing and puffing, uh, but he kept working an hour. And don't tell me you didn't say something to her in four days. Oh, because we don't have dinner at the same time. That's just silly. My verdict in this case is stop. There's no proof whatsoever of a word that you are saying. There is no proof that he did that damage. Furthermore, it's absurd to think that a tool belt would make damage there where his calves are. Verdict for the defendant. Well, Mr. Miller, the judge did not buy your story. How do you feel about that? You heard what she said. What do you think? The story was the truth. The fact is that he leaned 
over, not going around the car, but leaning to the car, trying to get to the fan. So she she left out all of that scenario. Now, and she, I understand she can't understand show. why you waited so long to say anything. Why'd you wait so long to say something? I, did, I didn't wait so long. That's when I showed it to my wife, but I told her about it when it happened the next day. And I understand okay. her, the situation. I understand. All righty. Sorry, but no no dice this time. Hey, Bobby, let me ask you something. Were you surprised when uh, when the Millers sued you? Not really. Um, out of good faith, I would have paid for Mr. Miller to fix the car himself. He brings pieces of rust back to beautiful life. You should see the paint that he's done on his own pickup truck. It would have only taken $20 worth of paint and it would have taken him all of two hours to fix that problem. And out of a show of good faith, I would have paid him for his time and his materials. Instead, they took it to a, a dealership, and Lord knows that's the last place that you really want to carry a car to be uh, repaired in the collision shop. He does a much better job than anybody at a dealership does. All right. Well, you're giving him a nice compliment, even though he did sue you. Uh, but look, congratulations. The judge says she doesn't think you did it, so you don't have to pay him. OK, how about that? OK, thank you. You're welcome. Good enough. Harvey? Doug, this is super interesting because you have a situation where the scratches were so deep that the judge is saying that that the plaintiffs would have heard it. And if the plaintiff would have heard it, then the plaintiff should have said something immediately. It took four days to say something. So when you believe somebody has damaged your property, if in fact they really did and maybe they didn't here but if you believe it then you got to act quickly if you sit on your hands and don't assert your rights promptly you compromise your rights and at a point you lose your rights and in this situation waiting four days to make a claim is just unreasonable it's sketchy and that's why the plaintiffs lost this case good afternoon i watch your show daily and have learned so much i have a question i hope you can help with we found a boat we like. The seller says he has a bill of sale and trailer is registered, but he never put the boat in his name. We are afraid to go forward as I watch your show. Good girl. What can we do as I know he can't sell a boat that isn't his? Thank you. They say the happiest day of your life is the day that you buy your boat and then the day that you sell your boat, right? Right. <laughs> this is an example, though, in the question of something we call jumping the title or right. title jumping, right? Right. So if someone's going to try to sell you something, a car, a boat, or, or something like that, and they say, well, I don't really have the title in my name, run. Yeah. Hold there on tight to your money and there run. There are other cars. Because you could buy it, and then somebody else could come along in a week or two and say, I got the title of that boat. It's mine. I'm taking it. You know, right. And they that was stolen. That was, right. you know, it could be a million things. At the very least, you're, you're, you're going to have trouble registering it, and then you're going to need that seller's cooperation, which you may or may yes. not get, and yeah. you won't get it titled right in your in name. Right in a friendly ear at the Department of Motor Vehicles or wherever you which have you, Which you may or may well. not get. <laughs> exactly. Right. And, and it'll end up buying not a boat, but a lawsuit or a nightmare, and maybe some trouble from the authorities. Who knows? 